Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. He is risen. That's what we're here for today. Jesus has risen from the dead. As we have gone through the past week, we call it Holy Week oftentimes, uh, we may think a lot about the cross. We may think a lot about how uh, Jesus had uh, been... um, on trial before Pilate and upon before the, the Sanhedrin and all those people and, and how he was taken and he was beaten and he was mocked and he was taken and he was crucified upon a cross and he was buried in a tomb, put a stone in front of it, sealed it up, put a guard in front of it and yet on Sunday morning, on the first day of the week it tells us, Jesus' body was not there. He was no longer in that grave, but He was risen from the dead. That is what we celebrate on Easter morning and why we meet on Sundays. Why we meet each Sunday, rather than continuing on with the Jewish Sabbath of Saturday, um, we now now, um, celebrate the resurrection every single week when we meet together on Sundays. That story that we think about this week, about how Jesus was on trial, how he he died for us on a cross, and how he rose again, that is, in summary, what the gospel is all about. And when we think, we hear that word gospel, a lot of times we think of all kinds of different things. We might think of a, of a kind of music. We think of, of a gospel music. And, and, and in that, sometimes we just kind of think of something just vaguely religious. Um, or uh, we may think of the four Gospels of the Bible. We think of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that being uh, four different Gospels. Or we, many different things might come to our minds when we think about what the Gospel is. But here in the passage we're looking at today, Paul tells us that the Gospel, he tells us exactly what it is. He tells us exactly what it is, and it's really all about what we're celebrating today and what we've been celebrating the last week and thinking about the cross, the death, and the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We'll read together um, 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which we received, in which you stand, and which, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised, on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, 
and to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that, was, that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you have spoken to us, Lord. We are not left in darkness to wonder about how we can have a relationship with you, about how we can have our sins forgiven. But Lord, you have revealed in your word how we are to know you and how we are to live. Lord, we pray that you would be with each one of us, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see the glorious things in your word. Lord, that you would open our ears, that we would hear your voice speaking to us. And Father, I pray that you would give us grace as we hear your word. Give me grace as I preach your word. Help me to speak forth with confidence that your spirit can do its work in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. In a summary, if I, if I were to boil everything down to what we've uh, just read, this is how I would summarize these verses. The gospel is the saving and keeping good news of God's grace preached by the apostles and foretold by the prophets concerning what the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ achieved. We see all of these things in this text. Um, the first of all, the gospel is the message of what the, was preached by the apostles. And we see this uh, here in the beginning of the text. He says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. He's reminding the Corinthians here what the gospel is. He uses the word, I am reminding you, brothers, of the gospel which I preached to you. He's, he, it's, a, it's a message. It's a message that is something that Paul had preached to them. And it says, um, which you received. That's something they received. We're, we're seeing this preaching and receiving. It's, it's, a, it's a handing down. It's something not to be changed, not to be uh, tampered with. But it's, it's a message that has been given. So he preached it. They received it. It says, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you. Again, he's repeating that. He preached it to them. And then in verse 3, he says, For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received. He didn't make this up. He says, I delivered to you what I received. 
He had received it from the Lord Jesus Himself. He had, he had been, as, as it says later on in the text, He had been a persecutor of the church. Paul, he was a Jew. He, he did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He thought that Christians were going in the wrong direction, that they were going away from God. So he wanted to persecute the church. And so he was on his way to Damascus where he was going to uh, try to arrest Christians and bring them back to jail. And while he was on the road, Jesus Christ appeared to him, as we see here in this text. It says, as to one untimely born, he last of all appeared to me. Peter, or not Paul, Paul had Jesus appear to him on the road himself after the resurrection. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received. He received it from Jesus himself. So that's the first thing we see. It is something that was handed down. It's a message. And what does the word gospel mean? It means good news. It means good news. It's it's good news. It's good news that that Jesus rose from the dead. It's good news that, that He died for our sins. Now, we think of that. Why is it good news that Jesus died? Well, because His death had a purpose. His death wasn't just a random act of violence. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a tragedy. No, it was God's plan from the beginning of the world that because we were sinners, Jesus would come and He would be the sacrifice for our sins. That He would come and He would take our place. We are sinners. We have all fallen short. As the, the catechism question that we, we read, uh, what is sin? Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. So we have all sinned. We have all fallen short. We've all broken God's law. And because of that, we earn death. We earn punishment and wrath from God. But the good news is that Jesus came. He was God who became flesh, who came down into this earth, and He died for us as a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, you know, we we had the uh, the sacrificial system. The Jews year by year and every day, it seems they would they would go and they would they would sacrifice animals. They would sacrifice uh, sheep and and lambs and goats and calves and all these kinds of different animals. the The temple must have smelled like a slaughterhouse. And there's no need for that anymore because Jesus died once for all as our sacrifice. The one who was God in the flesh, He died for us and He didn't stay dead, but He rose again on the third day. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's good news. We were once God's enemies, just as we sang about. We were once God's enemies and He has done something so that we can now be His friends. We can now be adopted into His family. That's good news. That is what the Gospel is. The next thing. The Gospel is the message that saves sinners and keeps believers. It says here in verse 2, "...and by which you are being saved." If you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Notice he says, and by which you are being saved. That's a a present tense kind of continual action. 
Why are we saying that? You know, um, why doesn't he just say, and that's the message by which you got saved, like as, it was, as if it was just a past event? Because salvation has both past, present, and future implications. We have been saved. That moment that we trust in Jesus, that we believe the gospel, that He died, that He was buried, that He was rose again on our behalf, in that moment that we believe on Him, that we throw ourselves on Him, we have been saved. And at the same time, we are being saved, as Paul says here. We are being saved. He continually keeps us by the Gospel. As we continually listen to the Gospel, as we read the Gospel in the Bible, as we continually meet together and we hear the Gospel, He keeps us by that by reminding us week after week, day after day, of what the Gospel is so that we are not trusting in ourselves, not trusting in our good works, not trusting in any other thing, but we're trusting in the Gospel that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. That's how the, the gospel continually is saving us as we continue. We, as believe, it's not just like we, we believe at one time in the past and then we just go on and live our own lives and don't need Him anymore. We need to continually, continually keep hearing the gospel. And we will be saved. There's a future sense in that. One day Jesus is coming back. You know, we're, we're probably going to all die. We're probably all going to be put in a grave somewhere. Before Jesus comes, you know, I'd be happy if He came tomorrow. And we got to be with Him for eternity, but you know, there's a good chance that He won't be. And, and, but one day He is coming. And though we're, our bodies are going to die, we're going to be laid in a grave somewhere, He is coming back and he, we are promised that he, we will raise together with Him. Just like Jesus' body was laid in a tomb and it was risen from the dead, and you can still put your fingers through the holes in His hands and in His side, just like Thomas did. In the same way, Jesus will physically raise our bodies again. It's not going to be like zombies in the night of the living dead. <laughs> but we will be raised and we're, our new glorified bodies will be greater than the ones that we live in now. There will no longer be any sickness. There will no longer be any pain. There will no longer be any sadness. No more death. None of that. That is good news. That is good news. That is the Gospel. And that is what Jesus died to do. It says... by which you are being saved, if, uh, unless you believed in vain. That unless you believed in vain. We'd almost be tempted to kind of forget about that. But you know, the Bible tells us there, there are many who kind of give a, an initial profession that they believe the Gospel. They may be really excited about it, but then they walk away from the faith. They walk away from Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about here, unless you had believed in vain. And I don't believe that a, a true believer will lose their salvation in some sense, but Jesus teaches us that you know, the, the, the Gospel, it, it's like a sower who goes out to sow seed, right? 
in the parable. He, he, tells, he, he goes along and he, he's throwing seed out and some of it falls on the good soil and some of it falls on the, the path where it's uh, stomped down and some of it falls on thorny soil and some of it falls on rocky soil. And the stuff that falls on the path where the road is beat down, the birds come and they snatch, or they snatch it away. And the, 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 the stuff that falls in the rocky soil, it may spring up, but it can't get any good roots, so it shrivels up and dies. And you've got the stuff that falls on the, th- the thorny soil, and it, it may grow up for a season, but then the thorns just they, they, uh, they choke it out. And Jesus tells us, there are many who may make a profession of faith. There may be many who, who, who may walk an aisle and, and repeat a prayer after the preacher, but there was never any change in their life. And they, they, they just stopped following. I think that's what Paul is talking about here. Unless you believed in vain. Don't be one of those. Keep following Jesus. Keep following Jesus. And then, the next thing we see, the Gospel is the message... Oh, I'm sorry. The Gospel is the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We see here, what does He say that the Gospel is? For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died. This is the message. This is the Gospel. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve and so on and so on. The first thing we see in this is Jesus really did die. The Gospels give no doubt about that. You know, there are some that, that uh, may have thought, well, Jesus maybe just fainted on the cross or something like that. No! He died! And whenever, the, just to make sure He was dead, the, the soldiers took a sword and they plunged it into His side and it tells us that blood and water flowed out. He was dead! He was really dead! All the way! And he was buried. Why does it tell us he was buried? Because that shows he was really dead. You don't bury somebody who just fainted. But he was really, really dead. They put him in a tomb and they sealed the tomb. I just lost my page. I got so excited. (laughs) He was really dead. They put him in a tomb. They sealed it up. And it tells us according to the Scriptures. Now we might be tempted to think, well, that's because of the Gospels. You know, the, the Gospels, the, the, the uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell us that. But no, I don't even think those were written yet at the time that Paul was writing this letter. Paul was writing this, and when he says, according to the Scriptures, he's saying, according to the Old Testament. This is what was prophesied. This is what the Jews were looking for all along. He was, you know, we read things like Isaiah 53, about how, how Jesus, uh, about how... Um, there would be one who, like, um, like a lamb, was led to slaughter. So was he. And, and by our sins we are, or by our, his stripes we are healed. We think of those Old Testament passages that point forward to Jesus' death, 
and burial and resurrection. And when, G- when Paul says, according to the Scripture, he's saying, this is exactly what the Bible was saying, the, the, the Bible that Paul had, the Bible that Jesus had, was saying he was going to do. It was not just some random thing. It wasn't just a spur-of-the-moment thing, but this is something that God had planned from the very beginning when Adam and Eve took a, the forbidden fruit. That was God's plan to save us. And then finally He came and He died for our sins and He was buried and He was risen again according to the Scriptures. How do we know that He rose from the dead? How do we know? Paul works very hard to tell us the reasons why we can trust that Jesus really did rise from the dead. What does he say? And he appeared to Cephas. Now, who's that? Well, that's another name for Peter. Peter, one of the apostles. He, he appeared to Peter first. Now, now, we know if we look back at, our, uh, our, uh, at the Gospels, we, actually the first people who he appeared to were the women. They, you know, it was Mary Magdalene and, and uh, another Mary. They, they had gone to the tomb to look for Jesus there on Easter morning and, and they couldn't find Him and they were worried. Now, I don't think there's a contradiction here. He's just emphasizing, you know, he appeared first to Peter of all the disciples. But think about that. He appeared first to women. That's one of the, emphasis, that's one of the arguments for how we can believe the resurrection really happened. Because back in those days, in court, a woman's testimony wouldn't be accepted. Why in the world would they emphasize that the first people that saw the resurrected Jesus was women? It wasn't in order to make a good argument the reason why they, they, they included that was because it was true. That they were the ones who first saw Jesus raised from the dead. And then it tells us He appeared first to Peter, to Cephas, and then to the twelve. He, he appeared to all of His twelve disciples. And then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Now some people have thought, well, maybe the, the first disciples had had some kind of... A, a, um, a hallucination. Really? <laughs> 500 people having a hallucination all at the same time? That's, that's even more unbelievable than Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. He was seen by many witnesses, by not only just Peter and not only by just all of the 12 apostles, but also to more than 500 people all at the same time. And then, most of them, of all who are still alive, but some who are falling asleep. Now, that's not telling us now that they're still alive now, just because they saw Jesus raised from the dead, that they've lived on. Into... That's not what it's telling us. It's telling us that at the time that Paul wrote this, if they had any doubts, any questions about whether Jesus really rose from the dead, they could go travel back to Jerusalem and find some of the people who saw Jesus risen from the dead. It, it, that's, that's what he was saying. If you, you know, if you at the time that Paul wrote this, if you wanted to go, if you if you were unsure about whether Jesus really rose from there, just go back there, go back to Jerusalem, and you'll be able to find some witnesses. Is what Paul is telling these Corinthian believers. And then it says he appeared to James. James was Jesus' um, half brother. Um, he was a leader in the early church, uh, and then. To all of the apostles, it says. Um, and then last of all, as a one untimely born, he appeared also to me. 
Paul was an eyewitness of the resurrected Jesus. Paul, he was writing these things to the Corinthians, and he didn't just say this secondhand. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Paul was changed from a man who was persecuting the church. He was murderous. He wanted to drag them off to prison. He was changed in a moment when he saw Jesus. He saw that he had really risen from the dead into a person who now followed Jesus and he became one of the the greatest missionaries who ever lived. And he wrote half the New Testament. The final point that we see here, the Gospel is the message of God's grace. I think I see that when we read about Paul. Last of all, as the one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles. You think of how, how Paul thought of himself. He was unworthy to know Jesus. I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. He was a man who hated Christians. He was wanting to kill them. He was wanting to drag them off to prison. And yet, and, and he sees himself even now, even, even as he was writing these words, I'm the least of the apostles because I was one who persecuted the church of God. But then he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. But it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul here is saying, the gospel is about grace. He says, I worked harder than any of them. You know, he he was someone who had great spiritual credentials. He worked harder than any of the other apostles. And yet, he considered himself the least because he had been a, a persecutor that's Paul emphasized grace. Grace. Even though he had been a murderer, he was saved. If Paul can be reached, if Paul can be changed from a murderer, from a persecutor into someone who follows Jesus, then anybody can be saved. Anybody can be a recipient of this grace. In emphasizing this grace, we need to remember the gospel is a message where we get what we don't deserve. That's what grace is. It's when we get what we don't deserve. Grace means a gift. It's it's just it's a gift. When we get a gift, it's not because we deserved it. That'd be wages. That'd be that'd be getting our paycheck. When we get a gift, it's not something we earn, but it's grace. It's a gift. That's what the gospel is. We're all broken people. We're all sinful. We're all, uh, we've all broken God's laws in many, 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 many different ways. And it doesn't change after you become a believer. I've broken God's laws many times this week myself. We all can say the same thing. But the gospel is the gospel of grace. We don't look at ourselves. We don't look at the things that we do to try to be a good enough person, to try to earn enough favor with God. No. 
The gospel says Jesus paid it all. <laughs> the gospel says it's not about what we do to be good people, to clean ourselves up and all those things. No, we recognize we're sinful and we throw ourselves on the mercy of Jesus. We recognize and we look to Jesus in faith. We look to the cross. We look to Him and we recognize, we ask God to count that for me. When we look to the cross, we look to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we believe God sent His Son to do that for me. We're saved by grace, it's a gift, through faith in what Jesus did. And we trust in Him. We believe in Him. That's the Gospel. It's not about trying to perform to be a good person or to, to have people look at you as if, as if you've got it all together. That's not the Gospel. That's bondage. The Gospel is freedom. You don't have to try to be a good person. You just trust Jesus paid for my sins. So with all that said, the Gospel is the saving and keeping good news of God's grace preached by the apostles and foretold by the prophets concerning what the death, burial, and resurrection achieved. That's what the gospel is. Do you believe in that gospel? Do you believe that Jesus died for you? That's what makes a person a Christian. Believing that Jesus died for them, for me, for you. Believing that, trusting that I don't have to clean myself up. I don't have to make myself better to be accepted by God. But to trust that our only hope is Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.